Hi folks, this is Matthew Holly of the Home Turf Sports Podcast right here on the Home Turf Radio Network. And let me tell you something, you got all those high-end equipment for a lot of money, but you got no idea how to use them. But what if I told you there's an easy way to create your own podcast, absolutely free with no wires attached? The answer is Anchor from Spotify. Of course, Anchor is the easiest way and the best way to make a podcast without all the assholes. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you something. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's intuitive episode builder, you can visualize, edit, and arrange your segments without an instruction manual. Record remotely with up to four people, no matter where they are in the world. And with Anchor's built-in audio library, you can also add background tracks, transitions, and sound effects to your show. Also new in there is the music and talk bit for Anchor and Spotify. Get You can insert your music from Spotify. You can create your own music radio show or whatever you want to create with music involved. That's all that podcasting stuff. It will be exclusive to Spotify only. That's that's really cool. And if you're looking to distribute your podcast, let Anchor do that for you so it can be earned on most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. All with a single tap or click. You're looking to make money from your podcast? You can. No minimum listenership required. With Anchor sponsorships, you can earn money every time people listen, no matter the size of the audience. You can also collect monthly donations from your fans right from your Anchor profile. And did I mention Anchor is 100% free with no strings attached, no monthly fees, no trial period, no subscription necessary. This is why the Home Turf Sports Podcast is always here on Anchor. And many many other podcasts are on the way here on this platform. And looking for, and if you want to get Anchor, download the free Anchor app on the Google Play Store or App Store. Go to Anchor.fm to get started. Enter your journey into podcasting. This is why Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And now, on with our feature presentation. Hello, folks. This is Matthew Holly. Tonight's episode is dedicated to everyone who was affected by the tragedy over at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. My prayers are with the families at this time. And my prayers are with the survivors. We are, we are Lansing, we are Spartan Strong. The same way, and we will always be Spartan Strong. Emanating from the Long Island Top Studios, right here on Long Island, this is the Home Tour Sports Podcast on the Home Turf Radio Network, brought to you by Long Island Tops. I'm Matthew Holly. Welcome. It's, a val- it's Valentine's Day, yes. February 14th. Glad to be with you tonight. Norm- but no- I normally talk to you about sports in particular, but not the case right now. I- I- but... Not the case. Um, yesterday, something very tragic happening when I was mm, just moments after I mm, put up this podcast. Um, three students and a suspect are dead after a shooting that happened at Michigan State University. Um, NPR reports that a gunman and killed, had shot and killed three students. And injured five others on a campus of Michigan State University Monday night before fatally shooting himself, police have said. Um, Ariel Anderson, a junior from Gross Point, Michigan. Brian Frazier, a sophomore, also from Gross Point. And Alexandria Werner, a junior from Clawson, Michigan, were killed inside school buildings, police said on thir- Tuesday. Of course, five students remained hospitalized in critical condition as of Tuesday morning. This is just so traumatic. Of course, the suspect, 43-year-old man named Anthony Dwayne McRae, was found dead off the campus in East Lansing, Michigan, from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Man, makes me feel sick that this guy committed an act so cowardly 
He took away three. He took three lives. He took himself. That was took his own life. It's, it's just the coward's way out instead of facing justice. Of course, investigations are ongoing, and as of Tuesday morning, police have absolutely no idea about a motive. Said Chris Rosman, the interim, interim deputy chief of MSU of the Michigan State University Police. This was, but here's something. Here's something that really, um, like, included this dude's behavior. Of course, the suspect left a note threatening two public schools in New Jersey. Of course, the suspect was believed to be acting alone and is not affiliated with the university, Watchman said. Police ex executed a search warrant on the suspect's residence on early Tuesday morning. Of course, the gunman initially fled the scene on foot. Law enforcement located McRae roughly three hours later using a tip from a local resident. He appeared to have shot himself after being confronted by local law enforcement officers. Sucking the coward's way out. Duke took the coward's way out. On Tuesday morning, police in Ewing, New Jersey, issued a statement that investigators have discovered a note in McRae's pocket containing a threat to two Ewing public schools. MSU police later confirmed that they have found a note on the suspect but declined to share what it contained. Hmm. Must be, mm, of course, Ewing said McRae had local ties to the township, which is roughly 670 miles southeast of Lansing by car. Not, mm, looked at, mm, drove all the way to the universe, all the way to East Lansing from Ewing Township, and then he just to shoot up, shoot up a university, university. Ewing Public Schools were closed on Tuesday out of abundance of caution. The local superintendent said in a statement, classes are set to resume on Wednesday. And yeah, all of the victims were students of the university. Of course, the shooting began around 8 p.m. 8, 8, 8, 8.18 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday inside Berkey Hall, which is home to the College of Social Science. Responding officers found two, dead, two students dead at the scene. Of course, another shooting was reported shortly afterward at the MSU Student Union, which is located next door. It is a gathering point for students. One student was killed there, Ronsman said. Both Berkey Hall and the Student Union building are open to the public during business hours, police said. Hundreds of officers in different agencies responded to the scene, police said. Victims were transported to Sparrow Hospital in Lansing. They were still in critical condition as of Tuesday morning, and four had required surgical intervention, said Dr. Denny Martin, the acting chief medical officer at Sparrow Hospital. Of course, police have confirmed on Tuesday morning that all of the shooting victims were students. By 10, 15 p.m., police said Berkey and other buildings were secure, and the shelter-in-place warning was lifted early Tuesday morning. All campus activities, both in-person and virtual classes and sporting events, have been canceled for at least 48 hours. The school is providing counseling resources for students and employees. Man, and this is like sad to me. It's always been sad to me. Well, one of the most painful, painful part of everyday life. Monday shooting is the 67th so far in 2023, according to the Gun Violence Archive, an independent data collection organization. Of course, the group defines a mass shooting as an incident in which four or more people were shot, are shot and killed, excluding a shooter. Nearly 650 mass shootings took place in the country since 2022, according to the group. During a, during a Tuesday morning press conference, Lawmakers, including Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Representative Congresswoman Elisa Slotkin, and East Lansing Mayor Ron Bacon called for an end to gun violence. Absolutely. This is exactly what it is. According to local news reports, at least one student who sheltered in place on MSU's campus Tuesday was the survivor of the Oxford High School shooting that occurred in a nearby town in November 2021. As a representative of Oxford, Michigan, I cannot believe I am here again, 
doing this 15 months later. I am filled with rage that we have to have another press conference to talk about children being killed in schools. I would say that you either care about protecting kids or you don't. You care about having an open and honest discussion, conversation about what's going on in our society or you don't. Speaking to the National Association of Counties on Tuesday, President Joe Biden said shootings were happening far too often in this country. He said, while we're gathering more information, there's one thing we know, we do know to be true. We have to do something about it to stop gun violence from ripping apart our communities. He said, reiterating his call for Congress to pass an assault weapons ban. Of course, of course Biden also noted Tuesday was the five-year anniversary of the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Teresa Woodruff, MSU's interim president, said early Tuesday that mm, support will be provided for the 17,000 university students who attend classes at MSU's East Lansing campus, as well as faculty and staff. She said, we are devastated with the loss of life, and we want to wrap our arms around every family touched by this tragedy. Totally said. Totally agree. But do you know who doesn't feel that way in some form or fashion? Our, our pal Rose Rants from Black and White Sports put this out earlier today. This dude, I mean this dude, should say, really, really feels a little, it should say, oh, I feel bad for them, for them. my condolences. We, got, we have to put an end to that. We have to put an end to this. Nah. You never let it go that far. Think of listen to this insanity and see why I always and will have hate these guys. I'm back. Rudrance for Black and White Sports. Well, I don't know how this happens, but I am a Michigan Wolverines fan living in Texas and from Texas. Nonetheless, we're pulling for you guys up at Michigan State. I get it. We're rivals. Doesn't really matter at all right now. Uh, some real tragic events going on up there right now, and it has affected sports. Um, so let's get to this. This is OutKick. Tragic shooting at Michigan State leads to cancellation of athletic events. Suspect is dead. So are three others. A gunman opened fire Monday night at Michigan State University, killing three people, wounding five more before fatally shooting himself off campus amid an hours-long manhunt. Man, we got to do something about mental health. Police reported the man's death early Tuesday, four hours after the shootings broke out, first at Berkeley Hall, an academic build, building, and then nearby at MSU Union, a popular hub to eat and study. Quote, this has truly been a nightmare we're living tonight, said Chris Roseman, interim deputy chief of the campus police department. The University Police Department released a tweet on Monday night saying that all campus activities, including athletics, would be canceled over the next 48 hours. The Michigan State basketball team, that's Tom Izzo's team, was scheduled to play in East Lansing on Wednesday night against Minnesota. That's generally a pretty big game. The other confirmed athletic event impacted by the cancellation was the men's tennis team hosting rapper Drake. On Wednesday evening, the Michigan State's women's basketball team is scheduled to play Purdue on Wednesday. There is no update on that event. University police reiterated during the second press conference that the school would be shut down for 48 hours with further cancellations to be determined. Now, more details on the actual shooting. Hundreds of officers had scoured the East Lansing campus for the suspect who the police described as a short black man wearing red shoes, a jean jacket, and a ball cap. Um, no, let's see. Let's see what this is right fast. Uh, I'm just wondering, is this a picture of the suspect? No, it is. Okay, let's take a look. So that is the dude right there coming in. Holy crap. Wow. Rosman said it was too early to know the motive of the gunman. Further details from the deputy chief noted that the man had no affiliation with the university and that he was a 43-year-old. His name was not immediately released. 
The university lifted the shelter-in-place notification around 12.30 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday morning. The first alert was issued at 8.40 p.m. Eastern on Monday night through email, social media, and text messaging. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected in the tragic shooting, shooting at Michigan State, former MSU athletes, and others took to social media Monday night to share their support. Jaron Jackson Jr., pray for everybody in East Lansing right now. This is unfair. Detroit Red Wings. Um, I'm sure he's talking about the tragedy. You know, I think uh, everyone knows um, what's going on in our home state and uh, Michigan State University. It's just uh, tragic events. And, uh, you know, this is a, a pretty sobering you know, feeling right now with uh, tonight. Uh. Okay, so I think we all can agree with that line of thinking. Irving Magic Johnson, this is such a tragic situation. Our hearts go out to the MSU community, all of Lansing and East Lansing. And, of course, um, Magic is an alumni of Michigan State. Uh, so uh, would you say probably their most famous, I would guess, uh, alumni, of course, Michigan's is probably Tom Brady. Anyway, um, so, point being, yeah, I mean, obviously, thoughts and prayers are going out to all those people up there. It's a bad situation. I hope this does not become political, but it probably will be, and I'm sure at some point today, Beijing, Biden will bring this up, and it will become all about gun control again. Oh... How about there are other, are other root causes to things like this? You know, guns don't pull their own triggers. Just throwing that out. Looking right at you, Alec Baldwin, also. Tell me what you think. I think, I, I, I can't say much about this. If it was, of course, he made that, he made a statement earlier today. But, man, I can't defend this. It was a little... Make it prolific, made it politically, make it political. Dude, people are still calling for gun control. And yet, all oh, guns don't, people don't, don't kill people, people behind bullets, right? You're, I mean, you're, you're a complete fucking idiot. I mean, I will be, I will be up front and say, yes, there are pathetic assholes in sports radio that they continue to be. Pathetic idiots, i.e. Ryan Cannell, i.e. John Matrix, uh, and man, and geeks and gamers are a couple fucking, are always been fucking idiots. Yeah, total fuck, yeah, there are total fucking idiots. But, I digress. We'll talk more, we'll talk more Michigan State when we come back. Um, you're listening to the Home Turf Sports Podcast right here on the Home Turf Radio Network. Um, feel free to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Twitter. And we, and of course, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And of course, can't talk, man. Can't really talk. More in a moment. I know your shirts are bland, your hats are bland, your businesses are businesses are bland, bland. So why not give it a facelift with Li Tops? Li Tops is the is Long Island's home for custom shirts, custom hats, and of course putting up putting up vinyl banners for you and all your stuff for for your businesses and whatever have you. Long Island Tots is home to some of the with some of the best guys in the business to work to get this get make sure your product stands out from the best. Don't forget to visit them. Don't forget to give them a chance to out. Oh, L.I. Chops, if it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's L-I-T-O-P-E Ops. Welcome back to Home Tour Sports. I'm Matthew Holly, and of course, um, there's um, we're gonna cover more about um, the Michigan State shooting. 
and, and how it's affecting sports as well. I'm gonna go with the ESPN report. It says, from this is from Dan Murphy. It said, writes, police at Michigan State announced that all activities on campus, including athletics, have been canceled for the next 48 hours in the wake of a fatal shooting there Monday night. Three students were killed, and at least five others were wounded after the shooter opened fire shortly before 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, according to University Police. Interim Deputy Chief Chris Rosman said several victims suffered life-threatening injuries, and that the five were in critical, critical condition at Sparrow Hospital. Rosman said, this truly has become, been a nightmare we're living tonight. Police said later Tuesday that the gunman who killed himself hours before after the shooting was Anthony McRae. He was 43. McRae, McRae shot himself miles away from campus while being confronted by police. The police also reiterated that McRae had no affiliation with the university. He said, we have no idea why he came to our campus to do this tonight. That is part of our ongoing investigation. Of course, police also said that the five people who are in critical, critical condition are also students. Of course, police at released photographs of the suspect after the shooting, describing him as a shorter black male wearing red shoes, a jean jacket, and a navy baseball cap with a light-colored brim. He remained at large for several hours. The first shots were fired at Berkey Hall, a classroom building on the north side of campus. Shots were also fired at the MSU Union, a popular hub to eat or study, according to police. Of course, students were ordered to shelter in place beginning at 8.30 p.m. Rossman said two people were killed at Berkey Hall and, the, and another was killed at the MSU Union. The, Mar the Spartans men's and women's basketball teams were off Monday night, but the, teams, but the men's team was scheduled to host Minnesota on Wednesday at 7. The Michigan State men's tennis team was scheduled to host Drake on Wednesday at 5 p.m. In, in the only other scheduled home athletic event through the next 48 hours. Well, the Spartans women's basketball team was scheduled to play at Purdue on Wednesday night, but it wasn't immediately known how that game might be impacted. Of course, Rosman did say that the 48-hour window of cancellations is subject to change. Theresa Woodruff, the interim university president, said it would be, be a time to think and grieve and come together. Michigan State has about 50,000 students, including 19,000 who live on campus. Names of the victims weren't immediately released by the police, nor was known whether they were Michigan State students. Like I said, start in it. Really, really painful. It's really, really painful, and really, really, um, and really like a punch in the gut for that community. And of course, there was of course we go to another day, earlier this morning, um, from ESPN as well. Um, police identified the 43-year-old man who killed three students and wounded five more at Michigan State University, saying Tuesday that a tip from the public led to a confrontation with officers miles from campus where the gunman fatally shot, fatally shot himself. This is like coward, like I said earlier, coward's way out. Bottom line. Of course, investigators were still sorting out, were sorting out why Anthony McRae fired inside Berkeley Hall in the MS2 Union, a popular place to eat and study. Shortly before 8.30 p.m. on Monday, the shootings led to a campus lockdown and a manhunt that ended roughly three hours later. Chris Wasman said it, uh, that McRae was not a student or a Michigan State employee. He said that we have absolutely no motive. I know I, we have absolutely no idea what the motive was. He was the police confronted McRae before he killed himself. MSU police also identified three students killed are Ariel Anderson, a junior from Gross Point, Michigan, Brandon Frazier, a sophomore also from Gross Point, and Alexandria Werner, a junior from Clawson, Michigan. Michigan State will not have any athletic events on campus this week, athletic director Alan Holler told ESPN's Adam Ritterberg on Tuesday. All games scheduled for Wednesday. The men's basketball team was set to host Minnesota at 7 p.m. Eastern. The men's tennis team was scheduled to host Drake at 5 p.m. And the women's basketball was scheduled to visit Purdue at 7 p.m. 
have been postponed. Michigan State says, said new dates for all three games will be announced at a later time. No additional postponements were announced Tuesday with the school calling it a fluid situation and information is subject to change. The women's tennis team has, has been set to host Marshall on Friday. And of course, in Hollow said, the focus for the athletic department today has been the mental health and wellness of our student athletes and staff. And all across campus, different units are doing the same to make sure everyone is getting the resources they need. To, every, to everyone who has reached out in support of our community, I offer my sincere gratitude. The outpouring of support from across the Big Ten Conference and the country has been overwhelming. It's clear that although we may compete on the court, we are truly united by our shared humanity. At some point in the days ahead, we will return to the field of competition. For some, the games will, will provide a momentary escape from our shattered reality. But we must never lose sight that life has been irrevocably altered for us all. Our commitment to look after one another has never been more necessary. True words never been spoken. Interim President Teresa Woodward said the hiatus would be a time to think and grieve and come together. The Big Ten said in a statement that it had been in consistent contact with, at, with MSU campus leaders. The statement did say, The entire conference is holding a sporting community close to our arts as we all try to comprehend these senseless acts of violence. University of Michigan President Santa Ono said in a statement that our hearts are broken with the MSU family and many, that many in the UM community are reeling from this tragedy. Rivals look like a Michigan State, University of Michigan, rivals, off, rivals on the field, but part of that Big Ten Big Ten family. It's like, and that doesn't change. It was like, well, there's, a, there's, ex, there's expected to be a moment of silence before Tuesday night game, Michigan versus Wisconsin's men's basketball game. The Detroit Lions offered prayers in support to the community. The team posted posted on social media. Last night, our state and community were once again impacted by an act of senseless violence. Our prayers and support as an organization are with the Michigan State community. Of course, the dead and injured were all Michigan State students. Watchman said five remain in critical condition at Sparrow Hospital, said Denny, Dr. Denny Martin, who fought back tears during a news conference. Uh, Gretchen, Governor Gretchen Whitman, a Michigan State grad, said at the Predator briefing, Our Spartan community is reeling today. And President, and President Joe Biden pledged his support during a phone call, she said. We mourn the loss of beautiful souls and pray for those continuing to fight for their lives. Another place that is supposed to be about community and togetherness shattered by bullets and bloodshed. I, I couldn't feel less, in, un, less mm, of a human being by saying it's just, it's just friggin' sad. It is like, I can't, can't really stand, I can't really stand there. I can't even, I can't even imagine feeling a little bit of, bit of pain. It's just hard, it's just hard, it's just hard, you know, I can't even visualize the whole damn thing. Of course, President Biden said, um, Said earlier on Twitter, said last night at Michigan State University, we lost three lives to gun violence. It is ripping apart communities, devastating families, and happening far too often. We passed the most significant gun legislation for 30 years, but there's more work to be done. And then there. And I'll say this Shannon Watts, who is a, who is a very passionate. Supporter of of gun legislation suffered like universe. I mean, after all, she's got she's fighting fighting for that for it because of her. Oh, do you get all the gun violence after the events of the Sandy Hook shooting? 
and she kind of swung at, swung at, Rosemary's making sick, he makes everything is political about this, and yet, he's the one insinuating, Shannon did, Shannon tweeted, and don't bother telling me it's too early to politicize the Michigan State University mass shooting in a nation that allows gun lobbyists to write our gun laws. Shootings are always political. Prayers without action or fixing, fixing this. Act. I couldn't agree, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, but goon, the goon squad of sports talk are really clueless in terms of it. Every town, every town on Twitter, uh, the squad made these descriptions. Um, Brian Frazier, 20, was a sophomore at Michigan State University. He played varsity lacrosse in high school and was the chapter president of his fraternity at MSU. His sister said he was a light in his family's lives. Alexandria Vernon, 20 years old, was a junior at Michigan State University. She was a three-sport athlete in high school, playing basketball, volleyball, and softball all four years. Her father described her as a beautiful soul. And last but not least, this is fun. Arielle Anderson, 19, was a sophomore at Michigan State University and aspired to become a pediatric doctor. She was close with her, with her grandmother and had just stayed with her on Saturday night. Her grandmother said she was kind, loving, Caring, compassionate, driven. Once they don't all, imagine that one of these beautiful children, all shot to death last night at Michigan State University, belong to you. As long as there are guns everywhere, our children aren't safe anywhere. And then, of course, this, this really, really at home. This is coming from a. Of course, this is from Shannon herself. We did a video from this. A survivor of the Sandy Hook School mass shooting in 2012 is a student at Michigan State University. And I think these words hold true to form. I advise all my listeners to take a listen to this. So the reason I'm making this video right now is because it is almost 1 a.m. and I am currently directly across the street from where the shootings at Michigan State occurred. I am 21 years old and this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through. Ten years and two months ago, I survived the Sandy Hook shooting. And when I was crouched in the corner in school in Newtown, Connecticut on 12-14-12, I was hunched in the corner with my classmates for so long that I actually got a PTSD fracture in my L4 and L5 in my right lower back. I now have a full-blown PTSD fracture that flares up anytime I am in a stressful situation or anything occurs that's aggressive like that. The fact that this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through is incomprehensible. My heart goes out to all the families and the friends of the victims of this Michigan State shooting, but we can no longer just provide love and prayers it needs to be legislation. It needs to be action. It's not okay. We can no longer allow this to happen. We can no longer be complacent. I'll forever be Sandy Hook strong and forever be Spartan strong. Totally agree there. Also, this happened in Oxford, Oxford, Michigan, a few miles from there a couple years ago. Like a year, and this was, and this is happening again. And the sports wars and goops and goons and everybody are tone are tone deaf. Absolutely tone deaf about Michigan about the whole thing of Michigan State. I mean tone deaf. They say it's not political everybody makes it make it gotta make it political about gun control. They they do make the gun lobbyists make it political. I feel like I want to throw up every time I want to hear John Matrix or Ryan Kennel or anybody. This is worse. This is human life wasted by 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 a gun. Somebody who shouldn't be near a university with a gun. This brings back haunting memories of Parkland and Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. I. This brings back 
haunting memories of Sandy Hook. Hell, even I I grew up. I heard I've heard about Columbine High School. That a couple of punk, couple of punks decided to go all right to go to school, go to a school, whip up some gun, grab some guns, and shoot at people and shoot at people. Took their lives to Towers Way Out. Or Virginia Tech. Dude came in with a gun, killed 32 people. Remember, my God, there are over 30 people. This is why I, I, they make, as long as gun lobbyists make it political, it's not going to happen. There's nothing going to be done. All I can say is, as long as there's a, as long you life, not every life is precious and none should be wasted. That's all I can say about what happened. They might, gun control laws must be passed in order to protect people and keep them out of the wrong and keep them away from the wrong hands. And I can't, I can't really go on with this right now. I know a lot of you are gonna hate me for it, but I don't really care. I'm far too honest and far too enraged to let this continue. Lives are taken far too much because we got idiots carrying guns and shooting up innocent people. Can't talk, man. Can't really talk. When will we come back? I know, I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that? Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the of Mac t-shirts, Long Island Toss t-shirts, Island Tribe t-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best butt shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check them out down on down on Route 110 and 10 next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's that's minutes from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long you got Rucker Harlem has Rucker Lincoln Queens got Lincoln, but Long, but Long Island has the Mac. Well, special. Derek Carr was no longer a Las Vegas Raider. Maybe it's because of man. Maybe it's because of the coaching staff. Maybe, maybe he. Maybe it's he. Maybe it's management. But it's gonna look at other new teams going forward. Paul Gutierrez, from ESPN, right? The Las Vegas Raiders released Derek Carr on Tuesday after the veteran quarterback declined to waive his no-trade clause. And just before, more than $40 million of his contract would have become guaranteed. Oh, man, he, he, he just blew away a lot of money. <laughs> he said, of course, we wish, the, we wish the Raiders best of luck, Carr's agent Tim Younger said in the tweeted statement. This is the tough part of this business. That's the point. It's just business. Time now to reset for both sides. Derek chooses to hold on to many good memories and friendships without any ill will. That's who he is. Onward and upward. As such, Carr, who said in 2021 he would probably retire rather than play for a team other than the Raiders, hits the open market a month before the start of the, 20, of the NFL's new league year on March 15th. And the Raiders, who have only one quarterback under contract, Chase Garbers, are searching for a full-time starter at QB for the first time since Carr won the job as a rookie in 2014. And of course, man, I guess that quarterback room is now Razor's 10. Thanks to Josh McDaniels. In a joint statement, Raiders coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler said, 
We have a lot of respect, a lot of respect for Derek Carr and what he has meant to the Raiders organization for the last nine years. Derek has done great things in this league, and we're thankful to have been able to work with him this past year. He is a true professional, and we appreciate his hard work in striving to produce the results we all desire. We wish Derek and his family all the best in his future. Of course, for sources, only one team was interested in a trade for Carr, and that team and that team wanted him to take a pay cut. Carr turns 32 Mar- on March 28th, visited with the New Orleans Saints last week. Had Carr still been on the Las Vegas roster on Wednesday, his full $32.9 million salary for 2023 would, would have become guaranteed, as would $7.5 million of his $41.9 million salary for 2024. So by cutting him, the Raiders are off the hook for $40.4 million while taking a $5.6 million salary cap hit and freeing up $29.3 million in salary cap space. So, yeah, that's a lot of money for him. As such, any contract any contracts ultimately signs, car ultimately signs will give a sense to his actual value around the league in comparison to the $40.4 million the Raiders would have owed him. Car... Of course, Carr played for six head coaches in nine seasons with the Raiders. Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Passaccia, and Josh and of course Josh McDaniels. He had five offensive play callers, Greg Golson, Bill Musgrave, Todd Downing, Gruden, Olsen again, and McDaniels, and had a bottom feeding defense for most of his tenure. Carr went sixty three and seventy nine and took two teams to the playoffs without a win. Although he missed the 2016 wildcard game at Houston after breaking his right ankle in the next season's next to last game. Of course, selected in the second round of the 2014 draft out of Fresno State at 36, Carr was the fourth QB that ticket that year behind Blake Bortles, Johnny Mandel, and Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm still talking about mentioning Johnny Mandel. Carr is 12 and 44 against playoff teams. And has issues in cold weather games, going two and ten, with a total of cold QBR of 33.6, 44 out of the 47 quality, qualified QBs, and 50% a 50% completion percentage and a 14-14 touchdown interception ratio in games where the temperature is 40 degrees or colder. He is one and seven with a 35.5 QBR, 35th out of the 46 QBs. And an 8 to 9 touchdown and an exception ratio when a game is played at 32 degrees or colder. And you guess you could take um, Green Bay out of the equation with him. Boris Carr won a job in training camp his first year, overtaking veteran Matt Schaub and virtu- virtually every passing record in Raiders franchise history, including 35,222 35, passing yards and 217 touchdown passes. And with the Raiders' new regime of McDaniels and Ziegler, Carr as was signed to a three-year, $121.5 million extension last spring that included a no-trade clause as well as the out for the team. With two games remaining, in what turned out to be a prove-it season for under McDaniels... And with the Raiders still mathematically alive in the playoffs, Carr was benched. Oof. He left the team and what was the left the team and what was described as a mutual decision and bade farewell to Raiders fans in social media posts and reiterated his thoughts when he participated in the Pro Bowl games, his fourth Pro Bowl selection, third as an alternate. Carr, who had missed only two games to injury in his career, uh, finished the twenty twenty two season with a, with three thousand five hundred twenty two passing yards, the third lowest mark of his nine year career, twenty fourth touchdown passes. 14 interceptions, 5 for most of a single season, and a 60.8% completion percentage of career low, and a 36.3 passer rating, also a career low. Of course, with Carr benched, that, Las Vegas started Jared Stidham in the, fi- the final two games, but Stidham is scheduled to if free agency. The Raiders have been linked to veterans like Tom Brady, before he retired, Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, Las Vegas 
projected to have as many as 11 picks in April's draft, holds the number 7 selection. Although the top 3 quarterback prospects, Colorado State's C.J. Stroud, Alabama's Bryce Young, and Kentucky's Will Levis, could all, all potentially be gone before the Raiders pick. I'm glad the Giants don't even have to make a quarterback change right now. And Dan Grazanio, Grazanio said, where would Derek, where would Derek Carr, where would Derek Carr land? The answer is obvious. The answer is obvious. He said that Derek Carr might be the first quarterback domino to fall this offseason. His release from the Raiders in mid-February makes him a street free agent. Free to sign with any team at any time. These will, the release allows him to get a jump on the market and negotiate and slash sign with teams before impending free agents such as Jim Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, and Jacoby Brissett are allowed to do so. Which is great for Carr. Because somewhere, because now there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback help. Teams in New York, Indianapolis, heck, even the entire NFC South will be squat scouting, scouring free agency. And the draft, the draft and all other possible options to find a starting quarterback for 2023. Yeah, pretty much, where, where would he go? Glad you asked, because well, there was a list of potential destinations, complete pros and cons, and damn promise, in no particular order. In addition to salary cap realities for each team, he's also offered, they have also offered an idea what kind of deal a car might come in in the current market. What kind of deal could Carr give me? It's worth noting that any team signing Carr at this point will be giving him an entirely new contract. What he was making with the Raiders is irrelevant. What he'll end up getting is anyone's guess. But mid-range starting quarterback money starts around three to five million a year right now. But and if there are enough teams competing for Carr services, he might be able to push it higher than forty million. Of course, it being an all-new contract, Carr's team will be able to structure it in a, in a way if it so chooses, to keep the first year cap number low by building a lower signing bonus in terms of available available comps for car. Competent starting quarterbacks released in February will have, with three years left on our contracts is a fairly narrow category. So this will be interesting to watch. We'll take a look at the pros and cons of the New York Jets. Huh. Still, oh god, nope, not bad. Really good-looking young roster, complete with star-level talent at wide receiver, running back, assuming a successful return from injury by Brees Hall, and on defense. Yeah. They have the current offense and defensive focus in the year of the year, and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. This team got pretty much nothing at all from the quarterback position in 2022 and was still in playoff contention in December. They're up against the salary cap right now, but there's plenty of contract fan on their roster that can be cut to make room. This They might be desperate enough to outbid other teams for them. And then there's the... Ah, gun. Sam, um, and of course, it's a tough medium market for a guy who hasn't always demonstrated the thickest skin when it comes to criticism. The offensive line, mainly due to health, yes, was a major issue this year and looms as a potential question mark. Coach Robert Sala likely enters the 2023 season under proverbial exit. And players picking free agent destinations can sometimes be turned off by uncertainty and by the leadership positions. Corn does not have a good record in cold weather, and the Jets don't have a roof on their East Weatherford, New Jersey Stadium. Uh, pretty, yeah, that says a lot right there. That really says a lot right there. Meanwhile... Carolina, <laughs> not the highest pressure market, and the bar has been set fairly low by the performances of its recent predecessors. The coaching staff, with Frank Wright in charge, guys like Josh Town and Jim Caldwell in the system roles, sounds appealing. DJ Moore is a legit star receiver, and there's good young talent on the defensive side of the ball. Then they need to make some cap room to afford him, but if there's any there, if but it's there in the form of cuts and restructures if they want it. The division is a total toss-up, and the team finished 2022 strong. And then there's... Whoo, boink. 
They have the number nine pick in a draft and could be thinking about taking a young guy to groom it for their future, which could relegate Carr to a bridge QB role, and that might not be what he's looking for. And then there, and then there's this line. The Houston Texans. The rebuild could be a swift one in Houston. There are a few teams more flush with cap space. They have 12 draft picks, including numbers 2 and 12 overall, with which to build around them. His brother David used to play there, and so he and his family know the organization in the city of it. No state income tax. And then there's... Eh. They, could, they could use that number 2 or 12 pick. Well, pick on a young quarterback. Relegating Carr to that bridge wall. They really do need to build up their roster on offensive defense. And even with the resources that could take more than one offseason, the new coaching staff is very light on experience. And then the New Orleans Saints. Warm weather, legendary music scene, some of the world's best restaurants. Oh wait, sorry. This wasn't supposed to be a list of reasons why why most people wouldn't want, want would want to go to New Orleans. Let's keep this on core. You know, Saints coach Dennis Allen, for whom he played for with, with the Raiders early in his career. He'd be supported by maybe the best defense he's ever had. He has dynamic stars on offense and Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave. Also, the food, the music, the weather. If that's his thing, if that's his thing. Everybody here dance the same. And then there's... Yeah. <clears throat> As is the custom, the Saints entered the offseason $11 bajillion over the projected salary cap. And this time, there aren't a ton of obvious moves that will make that will clear out of the big chunks. As a result, the cap compliance moves the Saints might have to make just before a car could weaken the roster significantly, and making it a less appealing destination. We'll see. The Saints cap people are the best in the business at this, but it's going to be a rough get rough getting there this year. And then there's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their 2022 roster was good enough to convince Tom Brady to give it one more year, and, as, and they are the two-time defending division champions, even if they were 8-9 last year. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin look like fun guys to drill to. No state income tax in Florida. Plus, cars cold weather, record of cold weather is a bad one, but if you sign the Bucks, you know that at least 10 of your games will be every year won't be in cold weather. And then, yeah, the only team with worst cap shapes then the Bucks is the Saints, which means Tampa could mm, need to make kinds to make the kinds of cuts to make this the less appealing roster than it was for Brady a year ago. How much job security with Todd Bowles will Todd Bowles and his coaching staff have if you don't win right away? Plus, it make it daunting to try to follow Tom Brady, even if this wasn't his best season. Then the Atlanta Falcons, a dome dome stadium and warm weather division is appealing. They project to have more cash space than anyone outside of Chicago. Said they could afford to bring him in and still have players around him. They were a competitive team for the bulk of the 2022 season, so there are already some pieces in the place there. Coach Arthur Smith has a track record of getting the most out of his, out of his quarterbacks. Drake London and Kyle Pitts are a pair of exciting young pass catchers. And then there's yeah, picking it overall. The Falcons are another team that could sign Carr in February and draft his replacement in April. There were offensive line concerns that would have to be addressed in the draft and in free agency. With the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs up the road, the Falcons aren't, luckily aren't even the most popular team in their own state. <laughs> and then there's the Colts. Of course, they just hired a sharp, offensive-minded coach from a team that was in the Super Bowl. After what they endured in the position over the past couple of years, the fan base is likely to embrace anyone who demonstrates any kind of confidence which he surely could. A fully healthy Justin Jonathan Taylor would rejuvenate the kind of run game that any that any quarterback will love. The Colts are okay on cast basic for to pay him. And then there's this other than Michael Pittman. They don't have a ton of guys for him to throw to. The offensive line and defensive the fake defense underachieved in 2022, and you'd be counting on a turnaround. Not to mention likely being asked to help engineer it. They have the fourth pick in the draft and would be tempted to use it on a longer term option. If it appealing was there. And then there. Okay. I'm going to go with the And then there's the so commanders. They have a really fun young wide receiver group. A talented young running back. And a strong offense. It's a franchise that has been. Let's been. Looking for a quarterback answer. As long for as long as Scar has been alive. 
The likely sales that Inc. could restore some of the luster to what was once a flagship franchise for the league. They are middle, they're middle of the pack in terms of cap space and would be able to afford them. <sighs> and of course, yes, as of this writing, they still don't have an offensive coordinator. Von Rivera is another coach who will be on the hot seat. Watch going into next season, especially if the team has a new owner. It's a high-pressure market for a guy who bristles at the outside criticism the way are done. And I know Dan and I don't know. Maybe things will change if the team gets sold, but there's something about this franchise. This It just seems like the bad stuff is going around, going on around here. Just the kind of a high ick factor to the place, right? Not sure a ton of guys are dying to play a gold later. Then there's the pros for the guy. Of course, I mean, suddenly, three signings ago in Philadelphia, if the 49ers had a literally any quarterback, Kimball of throwing a four-pass, they might have won the NFC Championship game and gone into the Super Bowl. We don't, we'll never know. What we do know is that their roster and their coaching were good enough to get them to the NFC Championship game after starting three different quarterbacks, including a 7 round rookie, during the regular season. If I were a quarterback of any age or ability level, I'd be interested in going back, going to the Bay Area, or in Kyle R's case, back to the Bay Area to play for Shanahan. And then there's this. They might not be interested. Shanahan said a couple weeks ago that he was comfortable going with Trey Lance and or Brock Purdy. And that while they need to look into adding a veteran to augment the group, it wouldn't be a big acquisition. Cars likely to cost big money. The Niners might not be able to offer him the kind of contract or opportunity he seeks. And finally, the Tennessee Titans. Well, you can always turn around and hand off the ball, hand off the ball to Derrick Henry. The Titans will be starting fresh under, on offense under a new coordinator, Tim Kelly, and if they decide to move on from Ryan Tannehill, as the mere existence of this blurb includes, they might, indicates they might, they may not be in quite good enough position to find the immediate answer in the draft. to picking 11th. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round last year, and Traylon Burks could grow into a star. They always seem to be in playoff contention. And as if, even if they cut Kenny Hill, they still project to be about $4 million under the cap. So they'll have to do other work just to afford car, even with a healthy Henry. This offense was one of the worst in the league last year. And will need a lot of work to become competitive, even in a relatively weak AFC South. Wherever Derek Carr lands... Is even, there are a lot of pros and a lot of cons. After all, the car, after all, the Eagles lost, lost their coordinators today. And now, Derek Carr is looking for a job. Somewhere down the line. Wrap this up in a moment. Now you can listen to Home Turn Sports on your on Google Podcast. Check us out every weekday on our check out the link in our description to check out our new home for home just in case you don't even have Spotify nor Anchor. The Home Turn Sports Podcast every day on Anchor, Spotify, and now Google Podcast. Don't forget to check us out today. And finally, I want to address something that really pisses me off. It's the Goop Singos with a video about white bigotry, how they express their bigotry and idiocracy. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Can you, can you, can you at least send me to the bar? Roll the footage, folks, because you're in for a real fucking shock. As much as the NFL preaches about unity and coming together, they don't actually mean it. What they mean when they say unity is to put forth a woke agenda based on identity politics. And if you don't like it, well, you must just be a racist. You must just be a bigot, according to the woke NFL and the mainstream sports media. This so guy of course is. they made the decision once again to play the black national anthem directly before the national anthem during the Super Bowl pregame. And for most people who had never or even heard of the black national anthem until a couple years ago, 
itself until every single corporation decided that they need to virtue signal to prove that they support black people because what happened to George Floyd was just so terrible. Oh, and it's all God. spiraled into where we are today. Like I said, send me to the bar. Every woke sports league out there, to be the honest bus. with you. But definitely the people in the mainstream media continuing to try to divide this country while preaching unity out of the other side of their mouth. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they got blasted for it yesterday. What's more divisive? Singing oh, a black fun. national anthem before Super Bowl sparks praise and backlash. Oh, and of course, yeah, I'm sure yeah, the people that don't yeah, actually yeah. care about sports, that only care about progressive identity politics, oh, I'm sure they love the fact that there was a black national anthem, which just in and of itself is crazy to think about. If you're supporting the black national anthem, then what does that say about you and this country? Uh, the national anthem represents all people of every culture, of every, of every color, that reside in the United States of America. There are American citizens. And if you don't identify with that, you don't just get to make up your own. Should we have a different national anthem for every single different race of people that are here? Where's my Asian national anthem? Where's my Hispanic Latino national anthem? Where's all that out there? But do we have that yet? Because I think we need some equity. We need some equality. We need some unity. And clearly the best way to get that is by dividing people by the color of their skin. Absolutely pathetic. Look at just some of these reactions to it, right? Um, Cheryl Ralph singing Lift Every Voice is exactly what I needed. Hashtag Super Bowl, hashtag Cheryl Lee Ralph. Um, there are a bunch of folks that be in their feelings about how much better Lift Every Voice sounds than the national anthem. Lift Every Voice is a better song than the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, I said it. Thank you, white, middle-aged, liberal woman. Uh, Cheryl Ralph uh, from uh, Abbott Elementary's performs Lift Every Voice and Sing with two black quarterbacks playing and Rihanna headlining the halftime. This is really the blackest Super Bowl ever, and I am glad I get to witness it. Uh, this, is, this is what it's all about, virtue signaling over skin color. And, of course, there were people out there that were pretty anti-black national anthem, including Kerry Lake. Kerry Lake sits for the black national anthem. Do you agree that there's only one national anthem? Uh, my black national anthem is the same anthem I've been singing since I was a child, the same one all races have been singing. My national anthem never needed a color. Do they want racism to die, or do they want to keep finding ways to divide us all? Here's ALX. Spoiler alert. The people pushing for the black national anthem aren't trying to unify the country. They're trying to divide it. We got ABL, Anthony Bryan Logan. The whole black national anthem thing is whack because all people are going to use it for their own agenda. It's not something unifying. It's just something to argue over. Play one song for all Americans, or there will be a song for every race and special interest group. Here's Terrence Williams. I'll never stand for a black national anthem. I wouldn't stand for a brown or white national anthem. If you have to put race in front of an anthem, then you are racist. I will only stand for Americans, one and only for America's one and only national anthem. We are all Americans. Once again, while saying they want to unite people together, the woke NFL in reality is dividing people along the color of their skin. People are sick and tired of it. You'd think that eventually they would realize that this is a turnoff for their audience, but that time hasn't happened yet. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section below. Smash a like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell for notifications, share this video out, and I'll talk to you. Dude, dude, I, I, like I said, I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Piece of garbage. He's a piece of garbage. But who would, who would, who would, who would, who would, who would like to counter that? Counter that? Why? It's Tim Black of his own few years back. Oh, a few years back. They listed the Tim on it. Tim. Bill Maher has some harsh comments to make about the Black National Anthem. You know it. Lift every voice and sing to earth and heaven ring. Lift every voice and something, something. <laughs> so Bill Maher, he went on to say, he said, I, swear, I saw last night I was watching football, a football game. Alicia Keys sang Lift Every Voice and Sing, which now I hear is called the Black National Anthem. Now, maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have, many have, 
different graduation ceremony for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean. Segregation. You reverted the idea. We're going back to that under a different name. Now, according to the Hill, which is a conservative rag, real-time host made a compelling argument about the NFL season opener. See, when I was criticizing you fuckers for watching the Hill, even though I went on there a couple of times, when I went on there, I didn't know they were right wing. Once I read it, figured it out, yeah, not going to work for them. But that's okay. That's okay. But this is the type of shit they say. They're boosting this. They're saying, Bill Maher is speaking for us. We love what Bill Maher is saying. This is great. He made a compelling argument. Now look, Hill. What Bill Maher said is compelling. If by compelling, you mean dumb as fuck. Because that's really what this shit is. Dog, it's like I always say. White people don't like black people doing their own shit. Point blank. Especially Ryan Carroll, who's a piece of garbage. A human piece of garbage, anyway. In the meantime, and in between time, stay safe, stay well, be a human being. Don't be a Ryan Carroll, don't be a Rose Rance, don't be anybody in any idiocracy, because, like Tim Black said, white people don't like black people doing their own shit. I agree with that. Be back next time. On the Home Turf Sports Podcast, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitter. The handle is Home Turf, Home Turf Radio. And also, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our home base and Anchor. And I will be back the next time we put this one out. And so long, everybody, and enjoy your evening.